Chapter 16 Ken waited on the porch, holding his jacket and guitar as Peter and Mike drove the rest of the driveway at a crawling pace. Mike pleaded for Peter to turn the car around and just take him home, but Peter wouldn't hear of it. He wanted to know Ken, even if there was not much to know, but mainly he wanted to know more about Becky. Ken waved again as he walked out into their headlights and over to the driver's side door. Peter rolled down his window and looked up at him. The moonlight revealed Ken's age and the lines of his face, wrinkled as he smiled. Thanks for stopping, he said. Come check the place out, it's pretty sweet. He nodded through the window at Mike. Hey Mike, have you ever been here before? Back when I was your age, I had parties here all the time. My folks were gone a lot, so it was kind of a free-for-all. I always wondered if it stayed that way after I left. I figured all the young guys I knew would just keep coming here without me. Is that true? Mike took a stiff drag of his cigarette and flicked ash out his window, eyeing the big house without interest. Not that I've ever heard of, he said in a cloud of smoke. I've never seen this place before in my life. Didn't know it existed until now. Looks fucking dead to me. Ken took the insult in a hidden swallow and smiled once more. Huh, yeah, he said, with an embarrassed laugh. I guess that had been a while back anyways. All those kids I knew are all gone by now. Everybody except for Becky, I guess. He looked at the ground and kicked the dirt. That's why we turned off, Peter said. We thought Becky might be here. Ken sighed very strangely like it were an empty noise only meant to fill silence. No, I don't believe she's here, he said. She's not too friendly these days. I doubt she would have turned off and come up the drive the way you two did. She probably would have kept on going. Just like we should have done, Mike said quietly to himself. All the trees looked scary. They reminded Mike of just how far out in the country they were, miles from his house and most other houses. Out here at night, the woods felt way too quiet, occasionally ticking with an inhuman rustle. He didn't like it at all. Ken crouched by the side of the car and spoke through the window. I got beers if you guys want to come inside. We don't need any more beer, Mike snapped. Peter shot Mike a mean glance. Ken didn't seem to notice, looking off and continuing with another offer. I got some weed. There might be something to eat in there, too. I haven't checked in a few days. I know I got wine. I put some in the fridge before I left today. Ken sounded a little desperate, like he was afraid of the woods as well. We could make a bonfire if you guys want. There's tons of wood out back. Peter looked at Mike. Mike was shaking his head. Peter felt bad for driving them up to the house. Now they were in the uncomfortable situation of having to make excuses to get the fuck out of there. Lying had never been easy for Peter, so he looked to Mike for help and suddenly realized that Mike had no line prepared either. After a few seconds, Ken knocked on the roof of the car. Come on, you guys. Just hang out for a bit. It's boring out here by myself. Then why do you stay here? Mike asked aggressively. Ken sighed, finally insulted enough. He sat his guitar against the car and folded his arms, looking past Peter and coldly into Mike's eyes. But then he just kept staring and didn't reply at all. It looked as if he were searching for the answer within himself and couldn't find it. 
Peter didn't like the position he was in, so he pulled his keys out of the ignition, opened his door, and got out, pushing past Ken and up toward the house. Line it is, Peter said with a hand in the air. Sounds good, Ken. Let's get a fire going. I'm suddenly in the mood for a drink. God damn it, Mike huffed, getting out of the car and following him. Ken picked up his guitar and ran to catch up. You guys want to listen to some fish, he asked. No, Peter said, lighting a cigarette. No, Mike agreed, lighting his own. They reached the porch, and Ken opened the front door, ushering them inside a darkened entryway that spilled into an elaborate room with spiral staircases, like some mansion in a scary movie, all painted in shadows and moonlight. Ken flipped a switch on the wall, and a crystal chandelier sparked to life some forty feet above their heads. It was a ballroom with marble pillars lining the walls and fantastical, exotic paintings strung up haphazardly. A few hung crooked. Others were half-covered in white tarps. A thick layer of dust covered the floor like sand. After only a quick glance, Mike and Peter silently agreed there was not a single place to sit. Like the fossilized carcass of some prehistoric beast, the house was in the process of being gutted for its worth. It was being taken down and taken apart, sold off for what could be rendered, and once expunged of its last traces of use, it'd be left out in these woods to decay and sink back into the earth, perhaps with Ken inside, playing his out-of-tune guitar and drinking his expired wine. Ken took a seat on the floor and began rolling a joint. Peter looked at the spot on the floor where Ken went about his work. There, beside his crossed legs, were a few empty bottles, a lighter, and a pile of blankets. There was a handheld CD player with headphones, a pizza box, and several guitar picks all lying next to this in the inch-deep dust. Other than that, there was just his jean jacket, folded neatly in a cleared-off spot. Peter looked around at the few other things in the giant room. They were all wrapped in plastic and marked for removal. This tiny little spot on the ground was all Ken had used since coming back. It was apparent by his foot tracks in the dust leading to and from the pile of blankets to the bathroom down the hall and then to the kitchen across the room. None of the footprints led up the stairs or even into any of the many other rooms on the first floor. Peter traced Ken's circular path from the blankets to the toilet to the fridge and back again, thinking about life and how circular it could sometimes be. Then he thought about Becky and all the circles he'd driven in his car trying to overcome his fascination and how every time the road had led him right back to the Pizza Hut then back to his own bed, also essentially a pile of blankets, to lay there and wait to do it all over again. Peter suddenly felt lonely and old, much older than he'd ever felt before, and when he looked up at Ken, sitting there licking the joint while brushing silver hairs out of his face, Peter saw his own future and became horrified. <laughs>